Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Psalm 8, verse 3 and 4. In the book of Psalms, the writer says, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him? Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. The writer speaking here, he said, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, if you look at them, Stars bigger than, some of the stars bigger than the earth. The moon, if you see the potency of the moon, the potency of the stars, the sun, the heavens. Some of the things in the heavens man has not discovered yet. So when we consider the discovered and the undiscovered, and all that wows us, it just... Sat and thought that what is man that thou art mindful of and the son of man that you visit? If there are things to be mindful of, there are greater and better things out there. More magnificent things. If there are things to visit to give you some kind of joy for creating, not something you created with dust or clay, Something that is today and is not tomorrow. Do you know that the sun has been there? Men have come and gone. And the sun has been there. The moon has been there. The stars have been there. Men have come and gone. So when these durable things are there, must God be mindful about things that are perishable? Things that do not have longevity? God shouldn't be doing that. So this is what brought the writer to a state of awe and appreciation and was just saying, what is man that thou art mindful of, the son of man that you what you visitest. So God's mind is full or preoccupied with the welfare of man on earth. What is man that thou art mindful of? God's mind is preoccupied with your welfare, my welfare, the welfare of man. Possibly that looks to be one of the minutest things. God created one whose life is very fragile. So possibly that is the reason why God tries to be mindful of us and care for us. If you have children in the house, you find out that you care more for the younger ones because they are more vulnerable than the older ones, the adult children. So possibly, possibly, because of our frailties, and God knowing that our frame is clay, is the reason why 
God is mindful of us and God visits us. But in totality, God cares for his people and it is established that he visits them. So God visits us and uh, of all the speculations I've made this morning, the real reason why from scriptural point of view, I believe God visits man is because God made man in his image and after his likeness. And the life of God is in man. He breathed his breath into man. And therefore, God cannot or will not, I think, God will not disconnect, dissociate himself from his life that is in that container. Are you here now? Are you sure you are here? Now, I'm just giving you a platform for you to know that God is going to visit you. So, it is established here that God visits. And therefore, from time to time, we know that God is going to visit his people. Praise the Lord. In my note, I mean, I've preached this before. And I, I, I mean to really preach it for the next five years. The same thing, not changing anything. Let the anointing change. Let the message not change. <laughs> so, you, you see that the issue of visitation is even, has even become a controversial issue. Because now the Holy Spirit resides in us. So, but whether it is um, <laughs> an issue of grammar, semantics, or a reality, sometimes I wonder why we try to create some fine lines between theological stuff you know, whether God visits or he's in us and he's not visiting, I don't, sometimes you really, yes, it does affect some people that you might be thinking that God is coming all the way from there to here. That might affect some people. So it does affect people's faith. But I think that we should get the fundamentals right that God is already, the Holy Spirit is already residing in us. I'm actually trying to train my tongue to stop saying God. So just bear with me because I think the God is too much. Because the traditionalists say they serve the same God with the Christians and the Muslims. And I'm trying to say more of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So I, th I think the, the traditionalists will not say Holy Spirit and will not say Jesus. So the Holy Spirit resides in believers. And therefore... When we say visitation, we don't mean a transportation from a heavenly realm to an earthly realm. We mean there is already a convergence between the spirit of God and our spirit. So God is already residing in us. But when we say visitation, as I will um, point to you, it, we are actually looking at the manifestation of the presence of God in the various dimensions of our lives. Because in the Bible when the Lord visited. There was a purpose for the visitation. And all that time. Even though under the Old Testament. He did not visit because he was not with his people. He visited because he was already with his people. Greater portions of the time. So they were not visited because they were aliens or strangers to God. He was with them. 
And it's a reason why he visited them in different areas of their lives. Are you here? So in our time, in our dispensation, when the Holy Spirit is residing in us, we are not talking about visitation because we have lost the Holy Spirit. We are talking about visitation because we want to provoke the power of God to deal with certain areas of our lives. That Bible, by principle, enjoins us to engage God in, in such um, encounters that until you pray, until you ask, so in asking him to intervene in certain areas of our lives, we are calling it visitation. Are you here now? Today is not long preaching. I'm just laying the foundation for the week. Praise the Lord. So when we say visitation, what do we mean? We mean, number one, a courtesy call on persons of importance for the purposes of fraternizing, fellowshipping, and honoring. So you can have the ambassador of United Kingdom to Ghana paying a courtesy call on the president for the purpose of what? Fraternizing because it belongs to the diplomatic corps or the community fellowshipping and then also honoring the president for being in their space. So that is visitation. It's a kessical. So from time to time we saw in the Garden of Eden that God visited Adam for friendship. Visited him daily. It was a kessical because Adam was the most important creature. Adam and Eve were the most important creature in the garden. So it was a kessical. That means that Adam was very important to God. Tell somebody that I'm very important to God. And I'm even better than Adam. Come on now. Say I'm important to God. And I'm better than Adam. So I'm going to receive a curse call. This week in Jesus name. So when you see that an ambassador, a president, visit one president. There is some important discussions going on there. The friendship, there's a meat on the table. That's why they do bilateral agreements. They do all kinds of, they lay the foundation for stuff. It's God talking to somebody here. So when we are saying visitation, the Holy Spirit is going to pay a scarcity call. And a scarcity call is not a normal call. It's a special visit. Because in the space, they will be talking from time to time. Is that not so? Come on now, talk to me. You have to talk this morning. Why are you not talking? In, I'm saying that ambassador to UK in Ghana, from time to time, will be talking to the president of Ghana. Or the president of Ghana, from time to time, will be talking to the president of wherever, Nigeria, America, whatever. But when it comes to certain important issues, it will not be a telephone communication. There will be a case call. There will be what? Anytime you see a case call, something important is about to be discussed. Or it's about to be finalized. It's God talking to somebody. So in this visitation conference, I believe that God is going to pay some people here a case call. It's going to pay some people here a case call. And that case call is going to bring some changes in some areas of your life. And your life will never be the same again. Shout a better amen. Praise the Lord. Say, I have a case call this week. Alright, so in some um, situations, a visitation is a trip to persons to sympathize or empathize with them in a moment of sorrow, trauma, or to ease their pain. Like somebody is in the hospital and you pay them a visitation in a moment of trauma, sickness, or whatever, to sympathize or empathize with them to help them ease their pain because human beings give energy to human beings. And when people are broken, they need people to visit them. So some people send money and all of that, but it will be better when your money and your person go. 
Because money cannot always comfort people where human beings must play that role. And so visitation is very important. It's what? It's to sympathize and empathize. So Jesus, the Bible said, we have a high priest who can feel our infirmities. So one of the reasons why the Lord visits us is because some of the pains we go through, he feels it. And he visits us to empathize with us. What was the meaning of empathy? Empathy is to put your feet in the shoes of the person. To try. You are trying. You are what? I can't hear you at all. You better come on board with me now. Empathy is to put your, 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 your legs or put yourself in the place of the person that is hurting or is in some kind of uh, an uncomfortable condition. It is based on that that you are able to take certain decisions to give sukkah or comfort to the person. So, people who don't empathize, really, sometimes they don't care. They are insensitive. Empathy is showing sensitivity to the pain and the sorrow and the trauma that people are going through. That It makes you to take decisions to try to relax them and reduce the burden or the impact of the pain on them. And in doing so, it makes you to make certain comments. It makes you to present yourself. It makes you to be able to offer yourself and all your resources. Like someone lost someone, you are there to offer your best counsel, your best comfort. You are there to offer, what can I do for you? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? So in visitation, God comes to sympathize and empathize. And in doing so, Jesus places himself in our shoe like a high priest who who can feel our infirmity. So that baby that you are not having that has been challenging you, he comes in a visitation. Not in, in just, in just everyday relationship. In a visitation, he comes to empathize. That he comes to feel like, like the Bible says that the, the barren womb is never satisfied. So as you are very emotionally and psychologically traumatized, that is how the Holy Spirit tries to position himself and it, it can make him move. It can make him what? Come on now, talk to me. It can make him what? Uh, you are sick and miraculously you get healed and people don't understand. There was a visitation. Is God talking to somebody here? Yeah, that's why Jesus paid a visit in John chapter 5 to the man sitting by the pool. For 38 years he had been there. He just went there to empathize with him. He bypassed many people just to empathize with one man. And when the man said, I have been here. And the Bible said, in fact, put that, that scripture there. Let's see the empathy there. John chapter 4. The important man answered him. No, no, no. Go back. Verse number 5. Barakesto. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Kabosha. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, will thou be man? He knew. Say empathy right there. He knew that he had now been long. He didn't say he knew that he had been there. He, the thing had been long. He knew, he could feel the, the, the length that this man had had to endure this kind of condition. And so he knew. And when he knew that he had been there in that case for a long time, he made a decision. And the decision is that, will thou be made whole? And as the man was talking rubbish 
Empathy will not allow Jesus to just go like that. He said, whether you talk rubbish, you talk whatever, because I have felt what you are feeling. Oh yeah, be well. You are not jumping into the pool again. I'm going by another protocol. Do I, do I, do I feel somebody here already? This morning I'm declaring unto you that in this week of visitation, God is going to create a protocol of empathy to solve a problem that medical doctors have not been able to solve. A problem that no human being has been able to solve. May the empathetic appearance of the Lord bring you to a place of testimony. That amen is not coming out at all. Shout a better amen. Lift your hands. Say, Father, visit me this week like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout, Father, let there be a visitation. Please take your seat. Wow. So, you see that the Holy Spirit himself will come and impregnate somebody here. Because he feels it. (laughs) He will come and give you a job. Because he feels the joblessness. He will come and give you some healing that a a sickness they say you are supposed to manage all your life. Because of the empathy, he will visit for that purpose. I see it happening here. Last night, the Holy Ghost went to sleep by the side of one sister. Even though he's inside, he just checked out. He was inside and he checked that because the Holy Ghost can just play many roles. You know, he was there as God and he decided, I want to be here like a boyfriend or um, sitting by your side or a husband lying by your side. He realized that some of the sisters here, and as they sleep in the cold, they catch them. Oh. All the time, the windows are closed. The hour is too much. So the Holy Ghost coming around realizes, See, you, you couldn't even wait to get up to come to church. So what the horse am I want to? Who Sometimes the Holy Spirit decides to take a trip like a man to the bank. And sees actually some of the guys, you know. The account is corrupt. So he begins to feel like, how does it feel to be here on earth? With this kind of pocket. What is it? Then you see that then God begins to wish above all things. <laughs> that thou may as well prosper. Gives you the power to make wealth. Start opening a way for you. Making the crooked way what? Straight. And the rough places what? Smooth. Causes water to come out of the wilderness. May say, this week, you know, God will empathize with somebody. (laughs) Empathy will create an encounter. It's empathy that will make someone just stop. When they don't know the person who is in trouble. Just stop because someone is injured. They just stop and pick the person to the hospital. It's just empathy. And sometimes people are able to empathize more. When they have been in a similar condition of pain or something like that. If you see the gruesome murder of Jesus. 
on the cross and the many things he suffered. Bible says he was tempted at all points. No space, point. If there is any temptation, it's a point. And if you put all the points together, he's the embodiment of the points. That's why there is nothing you are going through that he has not encountered before. Hey. So how does it feel when you, you were born and your father is with you, but he's not your father? Like Joseph and Jesus. Hey. That your birth had controversy. Oosh. He said, Jesus, now he doesn't know. Jesus didn't marry. <laughs> he didn't marry. <laughs> he didn't marry. He, said, he knows how you feel lonely. Hey. Brian never married. Hey. It shall be well with you this week. Shout a louder. Amen. Powerful. Is it powerful? I've given you two, two, just two. <laughs> there are four, but I, I can't do that because I'm just scratching. You know, this is too much now. <laughs> so when we, we, you have understood this, you just have to let us go into some of the purposes of visitation. And I, I group them into two. That there are two sides of the purposes of visitation. One is for provision and the other is for power. One is for what? And the other is for what? Yep. So, and under the provision, there are, there are purposes that we see in scripture why God visits based on the lines of provision and then other times he visits based on the criteria of what? Power. So, these are the two main things that possibly in the future I may discover more. But these two, provision, you see, God comes and gives daily bread. The visitation is to give daily bread. Praise the Lord. Then, when they cried unto him in Exodus, the Bible said that the Lord himself went in their midst to deliver them. You see, that power was there. So, instead of going through the purposes of visitation, <laughs> I'm going to speak to you briefly about conditions that makes God come to visit. So that we can pray. Just conditions. Just, I'll just mention maybe one or two. Situations that God visits. There are situations. That, the purposes are there. I have about ten. But I want to touch on situations God visits. There are situations that God comes to visit. Number one, when there is a promise to keep by God, God will visit. So in Genesis 21 verse 1, quickly, very, let's run quick, quickly now. Genesis 21 verse 1, and the Lord visited Sarah as he has said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he has spoken. So you see that in fact, let's tie in Genesis 17, verse 19 to 21. Now, in 17, the Lord had already paid him a visit and given him a word, and giving them a word, Abraham and Sarah. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, 
shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And uh, as for Ishmael, I have heard thee, behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation as well. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful already? So God gave Abraham and Sarah a prophetic word. And the prophetic word was that you have gone to give birth to Ishmael. But put that Ishmael aside. Because he comes from you, he's also going to be great. But my promise is for Sarah to have a child called Isaac. And Isaac is a covenant child. That is my promise and I stand by my promise. And a year by this time, I will visit you. So when you jump to chapter 21, you will see that the Bible now says that, and the Lord visited Sarah as he has said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he has spoken. Have you seen now? So when there is a promise to keep, the Lord will arrive. The Lord will visit <laughs> I don't know what God told you, and the scripture is straightforward, so no explanation again. I don't know what God told you, but he told Sarah that, he told Abraham and Sarah that, I am going to give you a child. And then the next year, he visited them based on what he has said that he was going to do. So when God gives you a promise, it, it compels him to visit and to fulfill that promise. This year, the Lord has given us a lot of promises. He gave us some, some 10 years ago, some 15 years ago. Some of you, before you were born, you were already carrying a promise. And this is the year for the fulfillment of some of the promises. And it is the reason why the Lord is going to visit that situation. The situation is that there's a promise there and God must come around and make sure that that promise becomes good. Praise the Lord. I see it happening in your life. I said, I see it happening in your life. Your life will never be the same again. Shout a louder, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Too powerful. Is it powerful? I see your promises coming to pass. God is going to come and visit and he's going to bring every promise to pass. That amen is not strong. Amen. Number two, the situation that makes God visit is when... There is an undue negative delay and a forgotten issue. When there is an undue negative delay and a forgotten issue. Genesis 18 verse 11 and 12. God visited us, he has spoken. Genesis 18, 11 and 12. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and were stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. The woman ceased to be a woman. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. So, you see that there was an undue negative delay, and the matter of their childbirth had become a forgotten issue between Sarah and Abraham himself. Till that point when Sarah, the Bible said, it has ceased with her. (laughs) 
what was common to women. There's a way that there can be a negative delay in your life that things will cease after the manner they happen to people of the status God has made you. Can I explain? A mother is a status. A father is a status. An employer is a status. Employee is a status. Adult is All these are demographic statuses. So, when you are a young man, maybe you hit 25, that age, there are things that are expected around. It is the, you see that? It's the manner of teenagers to behave some way. Sarah's own. The manner of things that must be happening around her as a woman is ceased. That there are things that happen around women. In a particular manner, her own ceased. So there are people here who are fathers. And what it takes for them to behave in a manner of a father. Sometimes a resource has ceased because the job got lost. Sometimes to behave in a manner of a husband, it has been taken away from you because of an undue negative delay. So there are men there who have been forgotten by their children. Hey. Manner. You see, you see that you are a man, pa, and you are not a man. You are a woman, pa, and you are not a woman. <laughs> because it has ceased with you after the manner of whatever you are. Hey. A boss. <laughs> a boss who cannot boss anything. Is he a boss? Your employees choose to come to work when they ask and when they like because for six months you have not paid them. They don't see you as a boss again. They boss you as a boss. What do you want to offer a friend? From today, whatever I see is in the manner of whatever you are. May the visitation of the Lord correct it. I said the visitation of the Lord will correct it. In the mighty name of Jesus, shout a louder amen. amen. Now, so, th- there are negative effects that cause people to lose the manner of whatever they are. Hey. So, th- that's what happened to Abraham. He said, Abraham is old. There are delays that can make your matter. This, oh, we know. The marriage has delayed, uh, so we are not even thinking marriage for such a person. It has become a, the delay has landed you in a forgotten land. So the Bible calls a desolate land. You are uninhabited. You have become dejected, rejected, relegated, pushed behind and aside and, and you are down there. People don't remember, you, you exist but you don't exist. In the books of people, Sarah said that now that it has ceased, hey, Kaladu Zabrata, some things can cease with some people. But today, in this week, as the Lord visit, whatever has ceased in your life, may the Lord kick it running again. Shout a louder, amen. Say it's going to happen. Come on, I say whatever has ceased in my life because of negative delays. Say this week, they are going to come back to life in the mighty name of Jesus. Say nothing will cease again.
in my life. Can you rise up and say, Father, whatever has ceased in my life, I declare right now, it will no longer be delayed. The matter will not be forgotten. In the mighty name of Jesus, say, Holy Ghost, remember me right now. And release my Isaac in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. Is it powerful already? Very, very powerful. Kalabahasa. Melegedes. Your marriage has become a forgotten issue. The Lord is bringing it to the fore. In the mighty name of Jesus. That amen must come out stronger. Whatever has delayed and has been forgotten. Today in the name of Jesus. No more delay. Uh, 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 no more delay in Jesus name. When God visits. He, is at, he just begins to address such issues. Just addresses those issues of delay. You are 50. God says you marry. You marry. Yes. One woman in redeemed like that. Married. Redeem Christ far. I went to preach in secondly ICGC. I ministered to a lady like that. In her either latter 40 or 50s, I wish Miss Baja was here to just refresh my memory. And I told her, I said, You are going to marry a year by this time, and you are going to have children. 50s. Don't worry that. I was there when the pastor called me. He said, we are going to have a wedding. And that wedding was that woman. She was just telling me to remind me that a prophecy came. And Chebia, then the woman gave birth. Natural, not IVF. Not, I mean, all those ones are very good. But I'm just telling you that when God visits, when God visits, he cancels years of delay. And matters that have been forgotten. He just, hey! I see it happening here this week in your life. The Lord shall visit and turn around the misery of the people of God. When the Lord visited his people, they were like them. That dreamed. I pray that the Lord will surprise you. Shout yes! It's going to happen in your life. Matoni Milika Parazolia. It's going to happen in a, you need to come back to life again. You need to believe again. Sarah was standing there laughing. Place it out. Just laughing in her own belief, laughing and playing. Listen to me. Don't let any man I've started my keys. So. Don't let look, my God. I feel like preaching right now. I feel, I feel like being an American preacher. Twenty-five years she waited for the birth of Isaac. And now with, with that kind of delay, she now had the language of frustrated childless people. When people are frustrated without fruit, I'm not only talking about childlessness uh, because of the fruit, lack of the fruit of that. I'm talking about when there is fruitlessness in different areas of your life, you begin to develop the language of frustrated people. There's a language you develop for not having fruit. Look at number one. Abraham said, shall I have, shall a child be born at hundred? 
Genesis 17, 17. I'm showing <laughs> Genesis 17, 17. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his the way they even laugh and giggle at the corner. She laughed at the corner and said, Shall a child be born unto him? That is a hundred years old. He didn't say even me, him. And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? You see that the delay can make your matter become forgotten and you get to a point where you now develop the language of frustration. Shall a child be born? Sarah also said in chapter 18 verse 12, shall I have pleasure after I'm old? holding the fruit of what you have been looking for for a long time. They said you will give birth. They didn't say you have orgasm. Leave me alone. Nobody here can deceive me. It's a lie. Giving birth is not equal to orgasm. So that pleasure she was talking about, she was not talking about orgasm in sex. Blah, no, 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 no. There's a way that joy rises in your heart from cuddling a baby, caring for a baby. And I said, shall I have pleasure? Now that I am, oh, he's not talking about Abraham. What can he do? Kai. Somebody here, that language is about to change in the name of Jesus. I said, that language is about to change. Shout a louder, Amen. Hey! You have pleasure of working again. You have pleasure of living again. You have pleasure of smiling again. Some people have been smiling by the smiling. It's just a cameo of some deep pain inside. So they smile, but there's no pleasure with a smile. Oh my God, right? You are about to smile again. Shout yes! I'm feeling it. You see that you'll be singing and you can feel yourself. You'll be praying and you can feel yourself. That's the way you pray, you don't feel yourself. But now you'll be praying and you can really, oh my God. Somebody say, hey! <laughs> Look at another man who was so delayed. He was even a priest. Look, 118, Zachariah. Whereby shall I know this? We are old folks. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. I'm just telling you that today that language is going to leave your mouth. This week, God would take that language. We are old. I am old. Memra Pahon. All that language. Hey, Awebas, in the name of Jesus. Shout, my language is changing. Look at Mary. Mary said, How shall this be since I know not a man? So you see that some things can really know you. Until you get to a point, you see that you are so frustrated that you are thinking man is the one to help you. There's a frustration language. You, say, you see, you are angry at your uncle. My uncle be a horny. I'm here to tell you something. Oh, boy, I'm here to tell you something. My papa didn't say, can you know my mom? 
Hey. Now papa bwana bana wae. Baby awenye di ungo pe usika. He said me papa me papa and try. Me papa and try. No munso ya fro unse bi mo ya fro man tobam. What is what is adding in there? Wini me nchira se. Ya wo no anto ne papa. Ya wo na ne papa ewu. Enti anto bam te so we bam means pampa. He said he was not pampered. He didn't meet pampering agent. You have to put yourself on that unapologetic orphan status. That, how about if I didn't meet my father? I didn't have an uncle. I still cry. They have not been discovered. But they have found a way of living. Because God is their help. And I'm saying that, oh my God. When all men forsake you, get ready for a visitation. When all daughters say the matter cannot be treated, get ready for a visitation. Today, may any language of frustration in your mouth be banished out of your mouth in the name of Jesus. Shout my time of visitation is this very week in the name of Jesus. Shout, shout, shout. Say, I am not frustrated. I cannot be frustrated. Say, my situation is turned around. In the name of Jesus. Now let me prophesy to somebody. Whether you have lost pleasure. Whether you are old. Whether you have no man. Whether you can't see your way forward. May the Lord visit you. And give you a testimony. In the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. Shout yes. I see it happening. Man, I see it happening. It's happening so clear. Prophesy to yourself. Say, I see it happening. It's happening. One more time. I see it happening. Happening. Come on now. Say, I see it happening in my life. Say, I neutralize every language of frustration because of delay. And I declare right now, my season of visitation from the Holy Ghost has arrived. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Say this week is a week where God himself is visiting me. Paying a casting call on me to visit my case. Say Holy Ghost, I am ready for your casting call. This very week in my life, do the impossible. Do what only you can do because you are. My God, and I choose to believe you. Clap your hands and bless God. Hallelujah. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.